This is Papa Smurf. You're listening to Our Lifestyle, the podcast with ODB and the mayor. Yo, 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 it's our Lifestyle Podcast, also known as OLP, hitting you guys with episode 306. We appreciate everyone that continues to come back week over week. If you're new here because of Paul Davis, please like, subscribe, follow, whatever you got to do. We appreciate the support. We've been doing this uh, a little over seven years, and we're going to keep the pedal stomped with a lot more awesome guests this year, so uh, stay tuned. We got to stop for a moment and thank our title sponsor, Custom Car Show Production. Their flagship event is every June in the month. Well, their flagship event is every June in Biloxi, Mississippi, scraping the coast. Next year is going to be the 21st anniversary. So, more to come on that again, scrapingthecoast.com for more. They also have two other events right now under the umbrella. That includes Bayou Showdown, that's going to be in Slidell, Louisiana. The weekend before Thanksgiving, so um, that Saturday, Sunday, before Thanksgiving, Slido, Louisiana. And then their next event, of course, is going to be March of 2023, and that is Orange Beach Invasion. And uh, Orange Beach Invasion, they did recently announce uh, their new show, or their new dates, rather, March 24th through the 26th of 2023, Probably the best venue in the country. Uh, come on and join us for one of those events. Scraping the Coast, Bayou Showdown, or Orange Beach Invasion. Yo, so you, one thing you don't hear is Miggity Mike the Mayor. He, dude, the guy, I have not seen him. Might as well get dizzy uh, to put his face on a milk carton because, dude, we uh, haven't heard from him trying to get a hold of him. Uh, he's ducking more than Tiger Woods when his ex was throwing the golf clubs at him, dude, over in Orlando. So I don't know where he's at. If you guys have heard from him, tell him to, to phone a friend, maybe get a smoke signal going, carrier pigeon, uh, dude, whatever he's got to do. But, uh, man, I, I try calling him and it's just chucking me to voicemail. So I don't know. I think, um, you know, y- you would have thought that last week with Mark being on, that Mike would have at least uh, reached out to thank Mark or myself or, you know, he got the tick mark, right? The trivia with Mike. So, uh, which obviously last week was answered by Mark. But if you guys hear from Mike, tell him the phone home, phone a friend. <laughs> so like I said, smoke signal, whatever he's got to do. But this week we've got Paul Davis on and uh, Paul is a great guest. I'm not going to give away a lot. Just know that he had a very iconic Isuzu Ombre way back in the day on street trucks and been wanting to link up with him for a while. He's another guest from that area up in the Maryland uh, area, and uh, he's a great guy. So thanks to everyone that has continued to say, hey, get Paul on. I know uh, Randy and Tim and, and some of those guys over in Florida with NC, you know, they've suggested it. I know uh, Fulbert did as well. So uh, thanks again. Uh, I think you guys are really going to enjoy the audio. It's a very fun interview. Uh, which leads me to, I will keep this segment, I've said this before, I'm going to keep my segment a little bit short because, listen, you guys hear us talk enough or you hear me talk enough, we'll get into the interview sooner rather than later. So 
want to thank Hammered Weekend Wear, one of our awesome sponsors for the support. So this introduction uh, to episode 306 is brought to you by Hammered Weekend Wear. That's H-A-M-M-E-R-D, weekendwear.com. And uh, if you go check out their website, they've got tons of different stuff, including shirts that feature real builds. They have banners, hats, stickers, you name it, Hammered Weekend Wear. So the general updates, I don't have much to share. Next week, I did uh, get everything finalized. I am going back to Cali. It's been about a year since I've been to California, and it's been even longer since I've been to SoCal. And uh, last year, I missed out on the Raddies Lincoln Cruise and get together. Uh, this, you know, I kept saying last year that I was going to go, and I kind of started booking things uh, as soon as I could. And uh, this year, I'm going to be out there Thursday through very early in the morning Monday. So uh, if you're in the Anaheim, Los Angeles uh, area, Newport Beach, and you want to try to link up, let me know. I did make a post on my personal at BD94S10. That's BD, like body drop, 94S10. And I do have, you know, when I go on these trips, especially because I like to go solo a lot, uh, I'm going to try to like do a lot of pop culture stuff. And then Saturday is cruising for a cure, which we're going to be at that pretty much all day. And then Sunday is the Raddies deal, uh, which is free. That is at um, Chimichanga, <laughs> Chimichanga Cerveza Place or something in Newport Beach. But if if you are interested, this is not this weekend. It's the following weekend. Uh, it's you can go on the T H E Raddies on Instagram and they're going to be posting about it. So great group of uh, kinfolk, Lincoln people, but um, you know I'm sure there's so many truckers and it's just going to be a good time, right? So it's going to be badass. We'll be out there. So that's kind of the general update. Uh, I, again, I'll be doing a ton of pop culture stuff. I've got like ten things I want to do, some album cover, you know, craziness I want to get into. You know, I. I made this whole Google, uh, you know, I always make, I go on Google Maps and I make like a list and I add all the spots and I can kind of map them out and where am I going to go first. Unfortunately, though, just the other day, there was a rapper that was killed and he goes by PNB Rock, PNB Rock. And, you know, that had prompted, you know, Ice-T and a lot of other people say, hey, listen, you know, Los Angeles is no joke. Now, granted, Los Angeles is a big place. Certain areas you go to, certain areas you don't. He was shot at the Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles, and I believe this. Uh, I don't know if it's the at the exact same one. I'm assuming it was that I was had on my list. Uh, if you watch the Tupac to Live and Die in L.A. video, uh, they're at Roscoe's, a famous place in Los Angeles. For a quick, you know, little blurb in that that video, and I had planned to go there. Believe it or not. Now I'm not saying hey, I'm not going to go to the Chicken and Waffle spot, but um, it kind of was a reminder that, hey, Jay, like, you know, don't be just going right down to like where they shot such and such album cover and, uh, you know, doing any craziness, right? So, you know, all joking aside, uh, I got to kind of reevaluate my list if that makes sense. But uh, that's the general update for this week. I want to thank Joey at Get Decked. Uh, if you have uh, maybe some artwork that you want to put on a skate deck to hang up or give to your child uh, to skate, uh, you can hit up Joey at Get Decked. Uh, he'll take care of you. A lot of the show promoters have um, worked back with Joey, uh, whether you're Lone Star Throwdown, 
Mini Trucking Nationals, Orange Beach Invasion, all these different shows are getting their decks done by Joey at Get Decked. Uh, if you go on Instagram, it's a Get underscore Decked VA for Virginia, and uh, that's Joey Dilworth. Uh, he just uh, had a, some artwork that he put out, and uh, he does some of his own stuff on Skate Decks. But again, with the holiday season coming, if you want to hook up your significant other, maybe you got a photo or some artwork, boom, he can put it on there. He'll do uh, quantities as low as one. And of course, uh, if you're a show promoter, he can do hundreds. So uh, just know Joey at Get Decked will get you squared away. So last episode recap... Uh, we had, and I, and I may have said earlier, if I said Mark Jacobs, I apologize. I keep thinking, uh, Jacobs for some reason, but Mark Bishop, he was on the last episode. So shout out to Mark, you know, Mark is from the greater Orlando area. And ironically enough, it was episode 305, which is the area code there. Uh, Mark Bishop had sent me that and he's just a good old guy. Um, always love hanging out with him. Longtime mini trucker. And when you finish this episode, if you're a new listener or maybe you're a little behind, no problem. Just go back and check out that episode. He's a firefighter that retired. Now he's kind of on to his next career. Good family guy, and uh, I'm sure you'll learn some stuff. Check it out. The last episode, 305 with Mark Bishop. The last episode recap brought to you by Lone Star Throwdown. You know where we'll be next February. The last weekend in February 2023 is at Lone Star Throwdown. Fly or drive in to Conroe, Texas, you will be blown away at the amount of trucks that are at this venue. There's plenty of indoor spots as well. There's plenty of outdoor spots, right, for you to gallivant around and plenty of vendors for you to uh, pick up some shirts and things like that. Lone Star Throwdown 2023, I think it's the 11th annual, and we're certainly looking forward to it. So this week, we got no trivia with Mike. Because Mike's slipping. We haven't heard from him, and we just hope he's okay. Again, Dizzy uh, from the Custom Scene Podcast with Glenn. Maybe you can put out um, you know, one of those famous memes that you do, uh, a little bit of artwork, and see if we can maybe get uh, a hashtag going. Uh, where's Mike Murray? Uh, we'll have to try to find him. Like I said, haven't heard from him, and uh, hopefully he's okay wherever he's at. Uh, maybe if we can get the milk cartons going, we can get a campaign going. If we can get some phone in, you will have to see whose phone number we get to put on it. Uh, but, uh, you know, maybe he finally got taken down as the smut bandit. Only time will tell. Uh, the trivia with Mike is brought to you by AccuAir. Uh, visit AccuAir.com if you're looking for merchandise, including air management, the best in the business, AccuAir.com. You can also... Submit your ride on their website to be potentially featured in their social media, uh, AccuAir.com. Let them know that OLP sent you. All right, the scene updates. I'm really not going to cover just but one this week. That's hard for me to do. And, um, dude, this was sadness. You talk about AccuAir. I just mentioned them. Dude, I found out this week, like some of you did, that um, Ryan had posted our main contact there, just a great guy. that he's no longer with AccuWare. And he upgraded his Instagram name to uh, Ryan with no hair, I think it is, which ironically enough kind of rhymes. But, um, dude, man, I wish him the best. I commented on his post, and I just said I was blown away. I saw many other comments that said, yo, you were the face of AccuWare. You helped so many people. You were active in the AccuWare owners group on Facebook. You extended so often a hand to help other people. So, 
don't want to read for, too far into it. You know, again, it's their business. It's their decision. Um, but, I mean, I just hate to hear it. It seemed like he was as surprised as, as I was and many others. So, Ryan, we wish you all the best. And, uh, man, I hope that you land somewhere cool because I tell you what, uh, you're a great ambassador to that brand. And I can only imagine what you're going to do as time rolls on, dude. So um, stay in touch, dude. And I certainly wish you all the best, bro. And thank you for always supporting the scene. The scene updates brought to you by Garage Gear Clothing. We talk about different brands, but garagegearclothing.com, they offer free shipping. Whether you ha- are looking for a ladies' shirt, the kids, they have on lock as well. And they have the dudes on lock because they have sport trucks, they have mini trucks, they have full-size trucks, they have classic trucks. They have it all, but you got to go to garagegearclothing.com. Add OLP to the notes, and you never know what Crystal and team might just throw in for you. They're good people. Garagegearclothing.com. All right, uh, moving right along the key show updates. There's not really a lot to share. Um, there has been a couple of people say, hey, when I go to ourlifestylepodcast.com, and on the left side, when I click on official OLP show calendar, and then when that pops up and I tap here to subscribe to the calendar, it doesn't work. So for whatever reason, the iCloud iCal, which is short for iCalendar, how that works, it doesn't play nice for some reason with Android, and I hate it because I haven't found a good way other than texting the link to uh, an Android user for them to subscribe. It just doesn't work on the website. So if you've got a friend that has subscribed to it or has an iPhone, they can go to the site and they can uh, uh, copy the link and they can text it to you and it should work. Uh, I hate to have to distribute it that way. But um, basically, I say all that because uh, a few people have said, hey, there's not a lot of dates on there yet for 2023. And I do need to take a little bit of time to go through and add some of the shows that we know of as far as dates and things like that for 2023. I know people are planning, especially as we get into September, October, people start picking vacation times and things like that. So certainly I'll uh, try to, to work on that here and get a few of those added, uh, like Lone Star Throwdown, like Southeast Mini Trucking Nationals, Orange Beach Invasion, Scraping the Coast, you name it, all of those events, they will be on that calendar. And the cool thing is when you go into your calendar, you can select... Uh, that, you know, let's say you want to see those dates. Great. If you don't, you just unselect it in your phone and then it takes those away. So it helps, you know, I don't know how much you guys use your calendar. I use mine a lot and, um, yeah, it's just an extra resource. that's totally free and I wish, and I hope that I can come up with a better way to distribute it. Uh, that way folks with Android can also, uh, easily participate. The key show updates brought to you by the West coast influence if you didn't know, you can go to minitruckfilm.com. You can order the West Coast Influence as the title of the Blu-ray slash DVD. It's a documentary-style film surrounding this mini truck scene that we all love. Hit up minitruckfilm.com and let Radar know that OLP sent you. All right, uh, next we got the podcast updates. And... We are very hopeful. Originally, we had our fingers crossed. We knew that we're getting close to the recent pre-sale shirts shipping. So if you've went to ourlifestylepodcast.com and you've ordered the new mini trucking shirt that we are paying homage to mini trucking, those are going to ship to us very soon. Fingers crossed they're going to ship to us this week. 
as soon as Mike and Shannon get those, hopefully if Mike is still you know, alive and kicking, they'll get them shipped out. If not, I'll be driving to Naples to pick them up, and I'll have to ship them out. And um, if you want to get in on the sale, go to ourlifestylepodcast.com. We've got stickers, shirts, and banners, and skate decks that you can order and uh, we'll get those out to you as soon as uh, they come in. You'll receive a tracking number as well. Uh, we really appreciate the support. The podcast updates this week are brought to you by Graphics Mafia. G-R-A-P-H-I-X, mafia.com. If you need a decal or stickers, maybe your uh, truck or car club needs to re-up some of your petitioner stickers or full logos, uh, hit up Graphics Mafia. They can take care of you, Ryan and Buddy are uh, some of the best out there in terms of uh, vinyl and decals and whatnot. So hit them up. They'll take care of you, G-R-A-P-H-I-X-Mafia.com. And then lastly, I do have a few Airhead Nation updates. So there were some good things that uh, I wanted to share here. So I know Phil Fowler, shout out to the big homie, he uh, mentions here on September 8th, celebrating 21st anniversary with his beautiful bride tonight. And uh, great photo, Phil. Uh, just great people there. So I wanted to to throw that out there. Next, uh, we had Brian Marshall, one of our biggest supporters, our homie. He's been on before as well. He says, uh, 15 years with this woman, and she's put up with all my shenanigans. I love it. Tim from Acrophobia that we had on not too long ago, he made a very kind of heartfelt post, and I can't go through the whole thing. It's kind of long, but he says, he did decide to change the name of his truck to Heart Failure. Some of you probably know this, but for most of my life, I lived... Uh, my life with a quarter mile at a time, LOL. I always partied hard and worked just as hard. Almost three years ago, the day after my wedding, I went into congestive heart failure at 35 years old, You know, drinking a ton, eating like crap, stress of the business. It's a very good post. Go out there and check it out. It's Timothy and uh, Sani Wong, S-A-N-E-E-W-O-N-G. Good dude. Uh, and uh, really appreciate uh, him coming on OLP recently. Next, we got Kimberly Miller. This was huge. And Chris Pierce, since we're having some technical difficulties with Chris's post, I'll post the pics on my page too. Thank you and uh, appreciate all the congratulations. Uh, Chris and Kimberly Miller, uh, so Chris Pierce, Kimberly Miller, they got engaged. Kimberly has been on the podcast. She's a great uh, woman in the scene of ours and uh, love what she's doing. I uh, love his truck, by the way, too. It's awesome, and you know, certainly a big congratulations to them. Next, this isn't so much an Airhead Nation update, but it kind of is. Benjamin Smith, our big homie, our brother, he posted he was with Crystal Webster, and he had posted um, some of the new Hot Wheel-themed items that they received. They look identical to the Hot Wheel cards off the back of the car culture ones you see in the stores. My sweet, beautiful lady had these made and gave them to me as a gift. So very, very cool. Uh, good stuff there. Uh, there were a lot of really good posts, and this is kind of a scene update, but there were a lot of good posts, including Jonathan Lawrence, uh, Justin Wyatt, and others that mentioned that uh, they had such a great time with Robbie Williams and Kinfolk at Static Nationals, uh, presented by Best Clothing and Rod and Hammer Transport. So um, I'm glad everybody had a good time. It looks like one that I would love to make my uh, way up to one year and uh, just glad that I, I saw so many great posts about it and uh, people uh, really getting out there and enjoying the scene, which is what we always preach here. Lastly, Shane Schlack. Thank you to everyone who took time to wish him a happy born day. 
next year should be a big party as the big 50 is at the door. Knock, 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 Shane. Good dude. Of course, he worked with uh, Jimmy at uh, Scraping Customs, and I uh, really appreciate him as a, as a brother in this scene of ours. As I close it down, just about 20-minute intro, just want to, again, thank our title sponsor, Scraping the Coast. Uh, really appreciate everything that they do to support the scene. Uh, they have a couple of events, as I mentioned, but again, Scraping the Coast, 21st anniversary, the end of June 2023. It's a great time. Come on down to Biloxi. Join us. One of the biggest shows, I kind of call it Mini SEMA. It's that big. Uh, and, of course, uh, you just got to pay at the door to get in. And once you do, it is a great time all weekend long. Scraping the coast 2023. Can't wait for June 2023. With that being said, enjoy this audio, this interview with Paul Davis, Negative Camber, kind of Maryland area. He's a great guy. Have a safe weekend. And if I did forget anything, which I'm sure I did, Lord willing, we'll hit you with another episode next week. If you're going to Lowdown in Laughlin this weekend, have fun. And uh, just remember, uh, Trucks and Cheeseburgers is also this weekend. And then in a week, or excuse me, in two weeks is going to be Cruise to the Pines. And that was the rescheduled event. So stay on the rise, and we'll hit you next week. Hopefully, like I said, Lord willing. We out to you. Peace. Yo, yo, so I'm super excited to have Paul Davis on the podcast, man. It's been a long time coming, and I just want to say, Paul, thank you so much for the time, and I appreciate you coming on OLP. Oh, no problem, man. I, I appreciate the uh, the extent to uh, to do the show. Yeah, for sure, and you know, we've talked to some of your, your homies up there in and around that area. I'm sure we'll talk about it, and um, you know, it's cool to get a chance to, to talk with you a little bit. I'm sure we'll hit on a lot, but... You know, I kind of like to just start, you know, a little bit of an icebreaker and just kind of say, hey, like, why don't you give uh, the listeners a little bit of background, like Paul Davis, who you are, maybe where you grew up and stuff. Yeah, Paul Davis. I uh, grew up in Baltimore, Maryland, and just have a passion for for cars. And that's just where it's been pretty much my whole life. Yeah, very cool. I always like to kind of dive into, because I think we're kind of around the same age. Like, when you were younger, were you into the normal 80s stuff that a lot of us were oh yeah skating riding bikes that was that was all i did before cars so yeah it always blows my mind that there was that it's that it's that kind of that same like you could almost make a little uh like a little infographic chart it'd be like you know as a kid we played with gi joes and he-man and then you know you got to this age and you played video games and then you had a skateboard and a bike or a bike or both and then boom, it was a mini truck. You know, it's kind of crazy, right? Yeah, it it just it, it, it's. I, I just think that's just the way we were raised. That's what was going to happen. Yep. Is you know these are the toys you get to have, and you know you can choose one of the five or two of the five or something like that. Yeah, it it, it I I do think that, that that was the case, and it's funny. I I followed these different eighties pages and. You know, they, they post stuff that, like, you know, we got to a certain age and we threw away our Gia Joes or sold them or whatever. And it's like, it's almost, um, you know, mind blowing that it's like all of the nostalgia of our uh, youth is also ever popular now. Oh, absolutely. If, and the crazy thing is, I still have a ton of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, for some reason, my parents saved it. Yep, yep. And so I, like, they recently gave me like three boxes of 
all the stuff and it's like transformers and gi oh, joes yeah i i kicked myself about i don't know it was like i want to say it was like around 2009 I, like i didn't I, i'm a pack rat so i keep most stuff but there, there came a point I had like all my GI Joe loose figures and the loose like guns and you know weapons and stuff, and I was like, you know, I don't have enough to like be like really display it or make a collection, or whatever. So then I kind of sold it. I think dude, it sold for like a lot, and then not a lot, but I sold you know as a lot, right? And then right. now nowadays, like you see people and they're like, you know, they don't, you know, they they have some set up, they have some in their display cases and this and that, and sometimes I kick myself for selling stuff but you know that's just the way it goes yeah it's just it's always one of those things you know it's it's hindsight like ah, i knew i should have kept that yep yeah the one that i so i kept the one that i did keep was uh i still remember and you probably remember this as a child you remember on the back of gi joe's and when they reissued them you could cut those little uh point things out and oh yeah i remember we sent in for the medic well when they redid them but the one that I sent in for as a child that I kept was Refrigerator Perry. Even though I'm not a Bears fan, I got right. the uh, Refrigerator Perry, the number 72 guy, and I'm like, I'm glad I kept that one. Oh, yeah, because I'm sure that's a collector's item. Oh, yeah. 100%. How many of those did they actually make? Exactly. I got the little card, and he had like a little football on a chain. I was like, all right. But, um, yeah, and then I had, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, yeah, you must have had all this money. Dude, we didn't. As, as kids, we barely had, like, you know, one Nintendo game. But the one thing I talked my parents into, I think I was going from, like, third to fourth grade, baby. And I was like, you know, if, if, if I make it to fourth grade, you know, what will you buy me? Or, you know, let's let's make cut this deal. And, dude, I had the G, the G.I. Joe aircraft carrier, dude. And I tell oh, you that's what, awesome. that, that was, like, as my childhood, it was awesome. Now, the crazy thing is now you'll see guys that collect them and they got them in their garage and stuff. And I'm like, man, I don't know how they got the room to store all that because it's like that thing is a behemoth. Oh, it's huge. Mm-hmm. So like in your childhood, you remember like you probably have the good memories of like, you know, the movies, the 80s and all that stuff. You kind of um, look back on it and have the good nostalgia feeling when you see that kind of old stuff. Oh, absolutely. Especially like Rad just came yeah. back out. You know, that was awesome. Um, you know, this whole karate kid you know, stuff on Netflix, as soon as I, I was like, man, I just need to catch up on that. Yep. yep. It, it's just, it's just crazy. What's all coming back around. Yeah. There's some, I remember someone said something to me one time about probably on the podcast and we're talking about like, you can't even put a price on nostalgia because it's like, you know, I was talking to my boss, he's in his sixties and I mentioned Cobra Kai to him yesterday and He's like, yeah, I haven't watched it yet. And I was like, well, if you came up in our era and you, you know you were the young kid and you watched Karate Kid, I said, even though like as an outsider, you could look at um, Cobra Kai and kind of go, yeah, you know, there's some corny aspects of it, you know. There, but but to me, I look past all that and I go, you know, that it was like an extension of our childhood, you know. And I think you can't put a price on that because it's just people love it; they soak it up. Yeah, it it you kind of you relive that moment of your life, you know when you when you see that it's like, man, I I remember this point in my life and yes. it was it was easy, it was great. Yeah, it, it was, and it's funny too on the show. Um, I haven't watched the new season. I watched the first episode because I was kind of was like, man, I want to see what what's going to happen. But I do like how they've done the flashbacks, you know, to like, and I was like, oh yeah, I remember when they're riding the dirt bikes on the sand and they're, you know, they're bullying them and this and that. And it's just like, wow, like literally to your point, Paul, it's like I transform right back to that, that, you know, six, seven year old kid. 
yeah, it was it was cool stuff because I know I wanted to be the Karate Kid at one point. Oh yeah, who didn't? So. You know, any, anybody that says they're like, nah, I didn't. I was like, man, I bet you if we get with your mom and ask her, she's got some photos with you with a with a Karate Kid, you know, deal on. So. Oh yeah, we were all like that was the whole thing. We were all like, I didn't grow up with a lot of money, so we'd be out playing, and we would all be you know the Karate Kid and fighting in the yard, and yep. you know thinking that we were the next you know, great thing. It was, it was just the way of life. Oh yeah. My friends, Mark and David, they're twins. I, I became friends with them in fifth grade. They were always in the karate and stuff. And like, every time we go over there, everybody was jumping and, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Remember when that came out, how big it was. And there were some of the cornier movies, like three ninjas and some of those in the later eighties. And, but I still, I look back at it, like the birthday parties we went to the friends and, and stuff like that. It's like the memories are etched in my mind. And I kind of go, you know, didn't have that bad of a childhood, even though, like you just said, you know, in our case, we didn't have a lot of money. We had an, we had a nice place. My parents kind of put their money into like, hey, let's get a little bit of land north of, of the city. And, you know, so we had outside. So it was like, go ride the hand-me-down bike, go out there and pretend like you're a skateboarder or whatever, but just don't bother us. <laughs> right, right. And that's a, you, we could do that back then. We could be outside all day. Um, these kids now, they don't want to be outside. They just want to sit and play video games all day. Yeah, it, it is weird. And it's like, I almost like joke with myself sometimes and go, you know, we joke around and my dad would call it free on poisoning, you know, and it was like this joke that went back to like not having AC in their work trucks. But, you know, as I've gotten older, it's like, you know, if you're inside all day, you kind of go, like, you open the front door and you're like, God, it's hot, right? We almost get addicted to just being, like, in comfort. You know what I mean? The recliner, you know, the TV, the air conditions on. And I think, like, even me, I've been trying to force myself lately to, you know, just, you know, just go outside, you know, go shoot. Because, like, once you start sweating a little bit, you're, like, good to go. <laughs> oh, it, 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 it breaks that, that, uh, that whole thing of just, just having a nice sweat. And you're like, man, that just released all those endorphins. and Yeah. You know, yeah, you gets feel you, good about yourself. Yeah, it just gets you up and gets you going. But um, so talk to us a little bit about like you know, so obviously you know you're skateboarding, you're riding some bikes and stuff, and you start getting into the age where you know you're talking to your parents about your first car and stuff like that. You know, did you find yourself kind of being a car guy, car kid, wanting something specific? You know, talk to us about some of those early rides or days. So back then, I um, all all the all the guys I grew up with, they were always older than me. Um, like Fred with the Amigo, he's a couple years older than I am, and uh, he had a he had a Suzuki Samurai that was lowered and it was painted with a system in it, and that really that set the tone for me. It was him, this guy Jay. He had a four runner with a system. And, uh, you know, like that, when, as soon as I saw that, I knew what I wanted. I, I knew I had to have a truck and had to have a system in it. And that was, that was going to be it. So then, um, like around 15, 16, I started looking and I found this, it was a Dodge D50 and it was in the, um, truck trader. I always got them like just to see what was around. I found a, um, like I said, a Dodge D50, and it was painted. I already had scallops on it. It was white and blue. The guy was asking like three grand for it, and I had it saved up. Went over there, and um, so my dad was negotiating with the guy. I was like, just give him three grand. I wanted the truck so bad. <laughs> so he was trying to get me a better deal, and I'm like, I don't care. Just pay the full price. Yeah. 
so I ended up with that, and um, that that set the tone. So it went from that to lowering it more than what it was. And then I think that was in like 93, 94. I think by my senior year, is I put hydraulics on it. Really? In high school? That's pretty dope. In high school, yeah. I saved up. I, I worked all the time. That was like, I knew. So the whole lowrider scene was so big. The mini trucking scene really wasn't as big. Everybody had hydraulics. Everybody was watching the videos, you know, the rap videos yep. with the 64s with juice. Yep, yep. So I felt like, man, I got to have hydraulics because bags weren't around. Exactly. I found a, a local guy and he he did them, you know, out of his garage. So I bought a setup and then he installed everything back then. So it never worked right because he, he never wired everything up right. So I would always get runaway pumps and stuff like that. So. Yeah, dead batteries and stuff, because that was long before. I know street charger street charger is a big thing now. The guys having the car, but even my buddy Tony Boss Bolin, he talked about when I think when he first moved to Florida, he had an S10 with hydraulics on it, and he was like, "Yeah, I constantly was charging the batteries." You know, it was like the game of like whack a mole to charge all the batteries. Oh yeah, so I would have, so I had a two pump five battery setup. I had five five chargers. My parents hated me. So every Friday, I would, Friday night, I would set them all up, put them all on charge. So when I went out Saturday, I would have a full setup. Yep. And I could just beat them up until I got them on away and then had to change all the solenoids. Yeah, your house was like the National Lampoon Christmas vacation, you know, when he plugs in all oh, the lights yeah. and the meters, like, <laughs> I know my, my neighbors probably looked at me like, what is going on? Because I would have, I would tow it out you know, charger after charger after charger, plug them all into extension cords. They're like, he's doing something illegal over there. I don't know what it is, but he's doing Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) You're like, just wait. Let's hit the strip. Yeah, down here, we, it was rare to see anything on hydraulics, at least where, you know, as as me, kind of Land O'Lakes and stuff like that. I'm sure there were some people in Tampa and stuff, but it was kind of rare. But we've talked about this in the past on on the podcast it is crazy to think about, like, when we watch the hip-hop videos and we saw, like, Ice Cube, you know, Today Was a Good Day or, you know, Easy e talking about Six Fo and things like that. I mean, I remember at my friends Mark and David's, like, we were, you know, VHS, you know, MTV, and we'd go back and we're watching. And we're like, oh, cool. You know, let me ride. Like, l- l- look at the hydraulics. And that was, like, the first little bit of, like, you know, into the, like, that lowrider, you know, lifestyle culture, you know. And uh, I think it did play a huge part on a lot of us. Oh, absolutely! That you know that um that whole thing. I the first uh, when I saw that Ice Cube video with that candy green, I was yes. like, I-, I need to paint my truck candy green. So yeah. um, I saved up and saved up, and I found a place to do it. Um, it was a horrible job, but I loved it. You know, I didn't know what a good paint job was back then. Yep. So. Um, you know, I paid this guy to paint it. He painted candy green. It was okay. It was a little cloudy, but, you know, I got the, the, the gist of it. And then I had some wire wheels. And then um, I started seeing the mini trucking magazines just everywhere. And I was like, oh, man, that's that's the route that I want to go. I don't, I don't need these wire wheels. I don't need, you know, 
I still kept the adjustable suspension, but I didn't use it to hop or anything like that. It was just strictly to raise the truck up to drive. Mm-hmm. And then um, I ended up with some um, 16-inch Silverado wheels because, you know, back then 16s were big. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but yeah, I used the factory Silverado wheels and got rid of the wires and did a uh, C-notch and stuff like that so it would lay out. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And if you think back to my buddy Tim Davis from RA, shout out to TD. He, um, we were talking about the Ice Cube, um, the bowling ball paint job car one day, and he goes, "Yeah, I think it's. I always forget. I think it was called Family Jewel. They called the car." And he was like, "Yeah, I went to like the LA Lowrider show in like '92, and I was like, how did you? I mean, like you were pretty young.'" And he goes, "No, my friend, his he had a lot of money, and they were going on vacation, and they go, do you want to go?'" And then they were out there, and they're like, hey, do you want to – and I was like, dude, you got to see that car. But, like, that one and I think – okay, I'm pretty sure on the Ice Cube one and then the one from uh, Boys in the Hood, I know that one's in Japan. You know, they're big on low oh, riders yeah. and stuff. But, but yeah, oh, you know, going back to your point, it's like, you know, some guys decided to be, hey, low riders were that for them. But I recall, like, even being younger and watching, like, Kid and Play, for instance, right? You know, they had the House Party movies, and then they had Class yep. Act. But, like, I would see that truck, and, you know, I was like, that's cool. You know, the bed dancing or the lowrider blazer or the trucks of Rosa stuff. And I was like, you know, it kind of was, like, flashy. So you, you knew, like, if you had something clean and something awesome like that, you're like, oh, man, you know, I'm going to get all the attention. The girls are going to love this, you know, that type of deal. And I think that's why, like, a lot of us skateboarders or BMX guys or just, you know, I wasn't good at either. But, like, it was an extension to, to like, to morph into minis because it was, like, loud stereos loud paint so to speak you know sometimes the uh you know the reverse offset wheels whether they were wires or whatever but all of that like got the attention oh absolutely that's like that's all you just wanted to just cruise down the road and just have people notice you know your your ride at the time no matter what you were driving Yep, and especially coming out of think about you know like i talked to my one of my best friends paul you know we talk about in the early days he had a I think he had a topaz, you know, his parents had given it to him and, you know, he had a box that they had built for it. And it was like, you know, you'd put the cassette in and you were listening to like NWA and it was kind of rebellious because, you know, your parents didn't want you to listen to it. And it was cuss words and, you know, the FBI was going after NWA and all that. But it was like the rebellion of like, man, I'm going to get in my car. And then it was like, well, I'm going to make it low, you know, and it's like more attention. Your parents don't like it. It seemed like a culmination of all that stuff. And then, you know, you had the guys like Brian Gendro and others like, okay, let's cut this. Let's do this. A little bit outside of my league. But, you know, that's, I think, what, how we got to where we were with minis, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I was still in high school. I was um, I was getting both low rider and mini trucking magazine. And, um, I, like, I would just cut out pictures and hang on my wall. Yep, yep. And it would be a collage of just trucks that I loved and, you know, I could just imagine myself one day building something super nice that would be in the magazine, mm-hmm. you know, and that's that's where I was. And then I, I started going to shows like like I was saying, Fred with the Amigo, he's a couple years older than I am. So he was already traveling to shows before, you know, I was even really driving. Mm-hmm. And um, so as soon as I was able to drive, like we were going to Booger Bash and traveling, you know, just leaving the state of Maryland and going out to these big shows that I had no idea even existed. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was good because when you had someone a little bit older, they could kind of, you know, they kind of led the way. And I know I had my neighbor, Jeff, he was a couple years older, maybe three, three and a half years older. But it's like we would ride around in his van on the property that the parents had. And it was like, you know, we had tapes in, right? We're listening to, you know, Third Base and Humpty Hump and, you know, all that stuff. But it was like he kind of showed the way in some ways. And then his friend, well, a guy that lived near us, Larry, he was in the skateboards. I mean, he was really good. But it was like I kind of had these these guys I looked up to a little bit, and I saw what they were into, and I was like, man, I, I like that shit. Like, I'd go to Larry's house, and he's watching UMTV raps after school, and I was like, oh, this is cool. I love hip-hop, you know? But it is crazy how, like, what you're talking about with Fred and some of the other guys, that those early influences that we had kind of carved out, you know, our path. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, just just being just seeing nice cars in general always got my attention. You know, at a very young age, you know, I'd be, you know, I can remember being like five, six years old and seeing nice cars and just, you know, it, I was hooked. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, you know, when you think about, like, did you find yourself like, what are maybe some of the first recollections you have? You know, whether it's fourteen, fifteen, sixteen years old, did you find? Like, were you going to newer car shows? I know they would have those in Tampa here and there, but, or did you find like, like Fred or some of these guys going, oh, we're going to Carlisle? And, you know, you're like, well, what's that? And, you know, like, what were some of maybe your first memories at shows? Yeah, they were, they were so, so Booger Bash and Carlisle, you know, the Trucking Nationals. Mm -hmm. Uh, Where else did we go? We'd go up to, you know, stuff in Virginia. Uh, I can't, it was somewhere in Winchester, Virginia, always had a a show. Mm hmm. Um, so we, we were, we were always traveling and it was, and you know, all that credit goes to Fred because he, he was so involved already way before. And he kind of, you know, he set the tone, like Fred and I have been best friends since we were, you know, early teenagers, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, like I said, he was a little older, he got a car and then he worked at a body shop and he got it painted and all that stuff. And. So, you know, that just, that set the tone for me. Yeah, for and, sure. Um, and now your D50, uh, was that like you said, mid to late 80s D50? It was a um, 86. 86, yeah. Or no, 87. 80, 87 is when um, they changed it to that. It, it didn't have that bullet nose to it like the Datsuns. Right, right, right. So I think 85, 86 was that. 87 was the first year they changed the body style, kind of what, like what Ernie had. Yep. Yeah, and those were, you know, arguably my favorite trucks then because the guy locally that had one, it's like he had ghost flames, it was white, it had a topper, it had the crazy stereo. And I still remember getting my first car and then finding out Chris was selling the the Mitsubishi, he had the Mighty Max, like I think it was 88. And I just was like, damn, dude, I could have had that for the same that I just bought this, you know? But I wasn't in a right. position just to be like, oh, yeah, let me throw this in the auto trader. Uh, you know, I just didn't feel like I could do that. But, um, yeah, those D50s, man. Now, did th- those also had that little uh, black trim behind the, the B-pillar, right? The, the, oh, yeah. Yeah, those, I mean, yep. they're yep. iconic trucks, man. And I, I find they were, the, like, the roomiest of the standard cabs just because I, they had that little that plastic piece. Yep. It it just gave you probably like six inches more, mm-hmm. maybe not even that much, but it was enough to have a decent box behind the seat. You know, I re- yep. I remember running two twelves in that thing behind the seats, and it was it was loud back then. 
yeah, if you put them just low enough, it was like boom. You, you know, you didn't have your seat kind of, you know, have have that. Oh yeah, up. yeah, lean back and you know had the seat pretty much all the way forward so I could fit such a big box in there. But yeah, I did it. I made it work. Oh yeah. Now, like, what ended up happening with that? Do you, you know, you drive it a few years and then you end up pawn, you know, selling that or you know, punting it or what was the deal? Yeah, no, I had that. I I did a full tweed interior in it. Um, like I said, I was running the um. The Silverado OBS wheels, you know, the four-wheel drive wheels, because they were six lug. Mm-hmm. Um, I ran that, and then Brian Gendro's Ombre came out when it was white, and I saw that thing, and I was like, "What is that?" Because it wasn't, it you know, it, it looked like an S10, but it wasn't. Yep. And I saw that thing for the first time in the magazine, and. I like, I started calling around. I was like, does anybody want to buy my truck? Mm-hmm. And a buddy of mine, he was like, I'll buy it. And I was like, okay. So before I even went and bought the Azuzu, I was, I ordered 17 inch center lines. They were at my house before I even bought the truck. Damn. So, um, he ended up buying that. I did. I kept the hydros off of that truck off of my D 50. Mm-hmm. I went to the dealer, I bought the truck, I drove it home, the next day I took it to work, I put spindles on it, I took out all the leaves, it, the rear frame was setting on, um, the rear axle was setting on the frame, um, I put a 4 inch block in it, and then um, I drove it like that, I mean, it was hammered. So the little, you know the little, um, there's a bracket underneath the frame where the transmission bolts through, it hangs down? Yes. By the time I made it home, I drug that thing off. <laughs> that's that's how low I would, like literally the the frame was probably a half an inch off the ground, and I drove it like that for probably three days. And then Fred he um, he cut the holes in the pockets for the front cylinders, and then we 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 juiced it. Damn. And um, that was that was the start of it. Yeah, and so like you were saying, like I, I think this was smart in that era. They, I'm sure GM did it with Truck and Magazine, where they would, you know, and I know for a fact, like towards you know when the NBS came out, the new body style, you know, they give one the truck in. I think they they I think Frontier or Nissan, excuse me, did that. I think Nissan did that with um with one of their trucks for mini truck, and they gave the Desert Runner. But like basically, like what you just you reinforced is like in that era you would see something new that maybe came out and you would see it customized and it was a way for them to help, you know, get that market share of, of their consumer because you'd have people going, eh, I don't know. I don't know if I like that ombre front end. And then you see one on the ground. You're like, Oh, that's sick, dude. You know? So like with Gendro getting that one and then us seeing it in mini truck and like with the paper tag and it's white. Um, and then you get a chance to see, and like you said, it's like, it's an S 10, but it's not, it's a little different. You know, that had to be pretty cool feeling, man. How how soon after, like, do you think, like, I mean, it sounds like you, you had that, you started working on it as soon as you got it. Oh, as soon as I got it. It, it still, so I was, um, it still had paper tags on it, and it was it was laying frame um, with paper tags. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I drove it, like, probably the first week I drove it while it was, I mean, it was completely hammered. We built a new rack for the batteries and pumps and everything, and then um, CNOS frame, all that stuff. With in, I mean, that was within the thir- first thirty days of owning the truck. Yeah, it's just sick, dude. 
Now, uh, a lot of people don't know, and I kind of learned this um, even rereading the Street Trucks issue 25, and then you know you had sent me a couple photos as well, but you basically yours looked identical to Gendro, the one that Gendro had from a from a new factory perspective. Oh yeah, it was it was. I, I bought a white truck because it was the easiest to repaint. Um, and they were the easiest to find, like an all white Zuzu. I mean, there was like three on the lot when I went there. If you wanted a different color, you had to wait for them. Yep. So I, I took the, I took that one. It had the, the black grill and the black bumper and stuff like that. Yep. But yeah, no, I, um, I yeah. drove that thing for, I don't know, a couple months. And then, um, I, I just, I was like, man, I need to do more. And the more, and then Gendro had the cover, and it was painted, and I was like, "Oh man, that thing is insane!" And it's it's crazy because the first time I've seen it in person ever mm-hmm. was this year at the the thirtieth, the Camber thirtieth. Oh, at Slambury in Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah, isn't that crazy? So it, it was cool, and it, it just it like I was like, "Man, I wish I would have had mine here next to that because that would have been awesome." Yeah, but it didn't work out that way. Yeah, and it's you know I, I I assume like you know guys like Gendro and stuff, and we do want to have a mom. We just haven't been able to really align you know all the stars. But you know guys like that, like I, I think like they were living in the moment. You know they're building this badass stuff. You know he's super talented, right? But they didn't even realize, or maybe they don't. Maybe they do now that like how iconic the stuff was to the point that like you know, a lot of us, like, we know, we look at those vehicles and go, dude, like this was, you know, this was like, you know, in your case, like, Hey, I went and bought one because of the one you were, the one you owned, you know? So I think, I think that's an awesome aspect that I think like, you know, some of these like legendary dudes, man, like they, they did that. They, they, they were, they were, um, social media, they were influencers before it was a thing. You know what I mean? 1000% because I would come home. I remember coming home from work and I would grab stacks of mini trucking and trucking magazines and i would just flip through them to see if i missed something you know from something off a truck that i thought was amazing and that's how that's how i ended up with the taillights that were in my zuzu because there was a in 94 there was a mazda um it was like a magenta mazda with white scallops i think i think it was called playhouse yeah, Chris Anders' truck. Yeah, I saw you guys exchange yes. comments one day on that. Yep, he had he had flip-up. I don't know if they were manual or if they were electric at the time, but I don't think anybody ever realized that. But I had studied those pictures so much that I saw those. And I was like... And, and, and it was such a long distance in between. So 94 to, you know, 2000 is, you know... In 94, he had flip-up taillights. And nobody else really did it. Yep. Yeah, Chris Anders, you know, we've had him on and, you know, we ended up putting his truck on one of our River Run remix uh, shirts, artwork, um, thanks to Graphic Disorder. And, like, that truck, that that was very iconic to me, like the truck itself, you know, topless, got the scallops, you know, that kind of Cali vibe. But I guess probably not back, you know, when your truck first came out because, you know, I... You know, over the years, we look at the magazines more, we learn more stuff. But like over the years, I, I kind of was like, man, you know, that was cool. And I always thought like Paul was the only other guy that did that. So it was cool to see like the connection, like in the comments one day when you guys exchange messages. But yeah, that was something very unique about your ombre. So talk to us like in the back, like that was basically your taillights, right? Yeah, that was my taillights. There was a 
she met with the whole bed in and then there was a separate compartment and there was a panel that flipped up off a window regulator and then you know the taillights would be in there because you know when i parked it i didn't want to see any taillights mm-hmm. but i was always scared to death to drive it because i was always afraid to get rear-ended because the lights were so small they were out of a it was the third brake light I used off of the, the neons at the time. It was that oval light that was in their deck lid. Yep, yep. Because it had a bezel that went over it. And you could get the whole tail light. I mean, the whole third brake light for, I think they were like 15 bucks or something like that. Yeah, and it was a subtle mod. You know, I'm looking in the street trucks where, you know, Courtney had shot the photo where it's basically you see the ass end of the truck and then you see, boom, both of them up. And I just always thought like, you know, mini truckers, we're often trying to find, like, where can we put our taillights, right? You had guys doing magnetic stuff. You had, you know, just all kinds of stuff. And I thought that was very unique because, to your point, when you got to a show, it was like, boom, you put them down. That was one reason probably that I never – I ran the, the wires for my taillights, but I, I never had taillights on it because I liked the look, especially on your truck, of just nothing back there. You know what I mean? Simple and clean. Yep, simple and clean. So talk to us about some of the other mods, like, you know, you know, not necessarily in, in succession, you know, this one, then that one, but like, you know, that was a cool one, but like, what are some of the other things besides, before we get to the paint, that was, that was unique maybe on yours, including the interior? Well, let's see. I, I had that flip up taillight. I mean, the, um, the tag. Yes. Um, that was in between the cab and the bed. Same thing that was off a window regulator. And I tell you what. If it wasn't for Chad Gill, that truck would have never existed. He put in crazy hours into that, and he he was he was on top of it. He is probably the mastermind. Um, I come up with ideas, and he would you know make stuff happen. And um, he he was he it, that truck would not be the way it was without him. Yeah, he so, chimed in in our Airhead Nation Facebook group, and he said, you know. Uh, he said he had a lot of time in it, as you mentioned, but uh, he was joking. He goes, "Ask him what the the bed of the the weight of the bed was." I, I guarantee, with all that stuff in it, right? Oh, you know, it was so it was heavy. heavy. Yeah. Now he said something about a gas tank fire, but I was like, "Man, maybe he's ribbing you." Oh <laughs> uh, no! So we were um, we were welding that bed up, and I used all sixteen gauge steel inside the bed. Um, so we were welding that up, and the the gas tank was in the truck, but there was nothing um, over top of the hole because it was disconnected because we had shaved the, you know, the, the gas door and all that stuff. And um, it just happened to look down and like there was, there wasn't much gas in the truck and it had been open for so long, but you could see the flame just like circulating inside the gas tank. And oh. I was like, Oh my God, we almost blew up. Yeah. And you guys, but you escaped that that guillotine. Right? Oh yeah, escaped that. <laughs> I think we, um, I think I shot a fire extinguisher into it, and yeah, yeah, it was it was fun, and that was that's the whole thing <laughs> about this whole truck scene is the guys you you meet, the guys that are you know, like those guys are my family. Um, I've known them for so long, and we've we've always helped each other out, no matter what. Um. And it's just that brotherhood, that that bond that you don't lose with some people. Yeah, and you know, in this high stakes, you know, hot rod world that we're in, and these high dollar builds and stuff, you know, as many truckers, we can we can show up each other's house, wrench. You know, some guys got the skills on this, other guys can do that. 
uh, I can't do any of it. And, you know, we all can somehow help each other out. You know, that's the thing I like. I know some people go, well, you know, bought versus build, this versus that. But I was like, yeah, but if you think back to like hip hop, right, and you, you equate it to that, you go, well, there's one guy that's a DJ. There's one guy that's the rapper. There's a guy that's the, you know, the, the show promoter, right? He can, you know, he can get everybody there. Um, so it kind of, it takes a village, right? You know, and that's what I think mini truckers are. We, if we do it right and we help each other out, you know, everybody comes out on top, you know? Oh, absolutely. And we've, we've all helped each other with everybody's truck. Everybody, if they're like, Hey, I want to do this this weekend. Everybody would show up and work on it. You know, it's just, it's just the way it was. Yeah. And it's now it's funny. Cause it's like, we all have like, remember when we were kids, we didn't have phones. Like we, we had a home phone with a cord, right? And then we had pagers, yes. right? maybe. But now we're so connected. But I know even me, like, I, you know, I'm not, this isn't negative towards anybody else. Like even me, like, you know, I sometimes want to go, well, let's get the guys together in the garage and work a little bit, you know? And of course we get older, we've got families and stuff. So we've got to navigate those waters. But I think, you know, something that we could all do, you know, and I'll speak for myself is like, try to get like the local homies together. You know, I know Vic in our chapter has been, you know, Hey, let's get together for breakfast or dinner one night, you know, and doing that. And if we all make a little bit of effort, um, maybe we can bring it back to the old days. Cause I'm sure Paul, you hear this all the time. You know, people are like, Oh man, it's not like the old days and stuff. Well, yeah, if we put no effort into it, it's not going to be like the old days, you know? There has to be effort. You have it like anything else in life. If you if you don't put the effort in, you're not going to get the results that you want. Yep, yep. So, um, you know, that's just just the thing. You have to make that phone call. And um, like Eric Fulber, he called me. He was like, "Hey, I I need you to help me. You know, push some vents out on um, Randy's truck and stuff like that." I was like, "Awesome! I'll be there Saturday." Boom. And, you know, we just sat in a garage and I could have been done, you know, in probably three hours, but it took me eight hours because I wanted to hang out and just, yep. you know, bullshit. just have yeah. fun and bullshit and just that whole vibe. Yep. Brings us back to those old days, skating, BMX, mini trucks, you know, all combined. And I know Randy, I'll tell you what, I know I, I, I keep forgetting he wanted to give a shout out to one of his other guys that he had forgotten. And I'll do that in the next episode. But like. You know, he gives you guys so much credit. I mean, he tells me all the time. He goes, yeah, man, Paul, the PDR. And I was like, wait, I got to get all my acronyms down. Like, paintless, <laughs> dead repair, right? But, you know, like like you said, like I said a minute ago, it's like everybody kind of plays their part and, and they can help on a build. But um, a couple guys chimed in. I'll throw a couple of these out there. We're talking to Paul Davis, our lifestyle podcast. Make sure you follow and or subscribe, however you're listening uh, Matt Hod- Hodgson, I know he's selling his Colorado. You know, he chimed in earlier and said, I remember seeing the Maryland tag in the magazine and it blew my mind. MD wasn't always the hotbed for minis uh, like it is kind of now. And he said, LOL. But, you know, when we think back to like that pocket of you guys up there, you're one of them. And, and again, you know, people saw in street trucks back 2001, they go, damn, dude. So again, you know, you were inspiring people back then. Yeah, it, it's and. I, I, I appreciate that because there were so many guys before me that inspired me, you know, you had radar, like his, the, his Azuzu. There, there's so many that came before all of us that, you know, I looked up to, I didn't meet a lot of these guys until, you know, I was older and traveling and, you know, flying to Texas for heat wave and, and things like that. So it, it's, it's cool. And I, I still, I, I buy trucks, 
um, street trucks magazines and I flipped through them and I still, I love these builds that these people are, are, are just doing some of the things that they're thinking of. And I was like, man, like I've been out of the game for a while. I need to expand my mind and, you know, get something cool going again. Yeah. It, um, is a crazy kind of circle on how it goes. And I think, you know, going back to our beginning of the conversation, like how we, you know, grew up from the era of the eighties and stuff. I think a lot of us like in our grain were like, you know, we like the paper. We like to be able to flip the magazine. Uh, we grew up in it. We saw Courtney and Stillwell and McCormick and, you know, so many others, um, you know, put, put together a great book as they called it right in the industry. Uh, so now we're like, you know, that's a part of us and, and, you know, maybe magazines won't be there one day, but hopefully that's not anytime soon. But, you know, I'm totally with you on that. Um, going back to the truck though. So when we were talking about, you know, so you had the tailgate mod with the lights, you had, Mm -hmm. you know, the tag you were kind of talking about, what are some of the other things visually that you can maybe paint the picture for the, for the listeners? So I had the, the, the combo skin, uh, with, was that altered images back then, Steve, I got that skin from him. I was running the altered images steering wheel from them. The street scene mirrors. So I didn't have those big Dumbo ear mirrors right. on there. Yep, yep. You know, shaving, just shaving everything. Third brake light. Uh, you, you may, I tried to shave it all. Yep. Even, you know, when it rolled into the interior, I didn't even have a, like at that point, I didn't even have a stereo in it because I just wanted it super clean. Just so it all flowed together. Yeah, and it was funny because my buddy, so this is crazy, right? My buddy Marlon Dunker that lives near me, he built a super clean S10, extended cab, blue, all chrome, all the stuff. Courtney shot it, uh, Pigeon Forge, maybe 2000, I, th- I want to say. Maybe 99, but I think 2000. Well, Courtney would shoot vehicles in that same spot or in or around that area, like um, I think Caldwell's Blazer and you know your truck and things like that. But Marlon, he also in his S10, he didn't have a radio. He had this like billet plate, you know, and I always thought like, you know, Marlon had that. And then like yours, you had that, that, that Chevy S10 interior. I really liked, you know, it was very similar to my 94 and to see like all that blue tweed and stuff. Right. I think it was like a bluish color. That was kind of yeah, cool it because blue. it was different. You know, you didn't have all the controls right there. Yeah. I, um, I got rid of that. Um, the, um, I moved my, even I moved the, um, the headlight switch and all that stuff. Yep, it was different. And um, I, I just wanted super clean. Yeah, and I thought, too, like with the bucket seats that you had, you know, they, they I don't know that they, they look like they were cut down, right? So they kind of went right up to just underneath, which I always love, just underneath that back glass. So they were actually Civic seats. Civic seats. Out of the, um, and I cut the headrest off because it had that one post off the side with the floating headrest. Yep, yep. So that got cut off and... You know, the seat pretty much sat on the floor. It was still adjustable, but since it was body drop, oh, old traditional body drop, I, I wanted some leg room between the steering wheel and that because mine didn't have a tilt column. Yeah, mine didn't either. And mine was like a traditional body drop at that time. And you couldn't really tell in your truck, though, because if you looked at, at least in the street trucks photos, the way the carpeting slash tweed was, right, it was so tight and it looked so good that it wasn't like a lot of trucks. And I mean, there's no disc because we, you know, we, a lot of us had the regular body drop, but you know, in a lot of trucks, you know, you'd look in, I'm like, mine never had the full interior in that era. So like, you'd see like the metal plate and boom, you know, but yours looked like pretty damn good, man. Yeah. I used this. Um, so when they, they do those simulated convertible tops 
on like the old Fleetwoods and stuff, they use a padding. Oh, right. They right, put the right. padding on first. So I I glued the padding onto where the sheet metal was. So then when I did the floor and tweed, I glued the tweed to the padding, which was already glued to the truck, and then I just tucked it under the weather strip that went around the door. Yeah, just it to gave finish it, that, it all, so it'd have a nice clean look. Yeah, it gave it more of like a finished clean look. Yeah, I always noticed that. I was like, there's something. Like you went the extra mile to make it, you know, and just instead of just wrapping it, which was cool. Yeah, it's it's the the little things that you learn, you know, by by other people, and and um, you're like, man, that was a good idea. I need to incorporate that, but let me add my own twist to it. You know, it, it's just it's just nice to be able to to look at somebody's ride and be like, oh man, that was that's a great idea. Let me think of you know how I can do this. And oh, then, yeah. you know, I put that huge, it was a 22 by 38, like, pop-up sunroof in there. Yeah, that and was And it sick. literally, it literally took up the whole skin on the inside. So, you know, the roof, the roof was all glass. Yeah, and so, did that come from a junkyard, or did you end up buying it from a place? I'm trying to remember from the feature. No, I bought that from, I think it was, like, uh, Street FMC. Oh. No, they it was a it was an actual sunroof company. So back in the day, that's what I did for a living was uh, um you know, when I was younger, I did um sunroofs in cars. So if you went to the dealer and you didn't have a sunroof in your car, I did those. You nice. know, I would put electric sunroofs in cars back in my twenties. Um and then, you know, we did all that stuff. Yeah. Sliding rag tops and the whole convertible Simulated convertible tops and all that stuff. Yeah, and it's funny, real quick on a, a tangent there, I think one thing that that proves is that the mini truck and the customized world really did drive, I think, the OEMs on a lot of ways, right? So you think about, I just got, my buddy, was he just picked up a like a Lincoln Corsair, kind of a newer SUV, real nice vehicle, and we get, you know, I was checking it out, so I sit in it and you know, you got these like I don't know what they call them, panoramic roofs, and it just it's crazy. But if you think about it, it's like not saying that that wouldn't exist today. But if you think about the customized world, you know, like to your point, back in the day, a lady or a dude might go buy a new vehicle, and they're like, "Oh, I want to have a sunroof." You know, that was a thing then, and now you can get it like factory. Right, right, and th- that was they only made so many cars, you know, with sunroofs. So, yep. in the dealers would send it to us, and we would we'd put a sunroof in it and send it back to them. Yeah, we could do, we could almost do a whole episode on that. Cause I watched the video where someone talked about, cause you know, I love the old convertibles and they talked about what the N- NTSA, whatever, you know, over the years, how that kind of morphed. And then, you know, T tops were big and then you didn't see them as much. What was the death of that? And then a lot of it comes back to like safety. They could only make so many, like you said. So, you know, interesting topic for sure. Yeah, it, it was just, it, I just, it, that just that job fell in my lap when I was young, and I just excelled at it. And yep. uh, you know, it it paved the way for a lot of what I've done in in the automotive industry. You know, the aftermarket side of it. Oh yeah. Um, now speaking of shaving, right? So we talked about a lot of the body mobs talking uh, with Paul Davis. One thing that I thought was really unique with your truck then um, is the a lot of dudes, a lot of guys weren't shaving the firewalls, right? And and you would see some of that uh, when I look at the photos and yours of street trucks. I remember seeing it here in Tampa as well. 
you know, you you guys went the extra mile. I mean, it was like a full shave job. You even had the two-tone on there. And, you know, I know there were a couple, yeah, don't get me wrong. You know, someone will say, yeah, don't forget this one. But, like, uh, there weren't, the masses weren't doing that. And I think it kind of it piggybacks off what you said about shaving everything, going that extra mile to make that thing super clean. Yeah. So a lot of guys, what they would do in those was they would mount the computer to that area right. because they, they got rid of the heat and air conditioning. Yep, yep. So when when we started to redo that truck, I got my rendering back from Pat Maxwell, yes. and um, so when I when I called Pat, he was like, "How? What? What's one truck that you you love?" And I was like, "Radar's truck," and he was like, "Okay." So I got the rendering back, and I was like, "I could tell that you know." the same person did the rendering that painted radar's truck so was was cool and once i got the rendering back you know we started working on it again and it was down for a while for for probably like at least probably a year and a half maybe two years before it was all said and done painted and all that stuff but i was also building a tacoma for my uh which is my ex-wife now mm-hmm. But my wife back then, I was, you know, she had a body drop Tacoma back in the day um, with full interior. Yeah, that was kind of holding you over while you were working on the other thing. Kind of something to kind of keep your mind going. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, what's funny is she she got into camera before I did. Interesting. So, yeah, because my, so Courtney came around and he was like, he gave her a logo and I was like standing there and I was like, all right. He was like, you need to, at that time, my bumper wasn't painted. The grill was painted, but the bumper wasn't painted because I needed to like smooth it all out because it had all these dimples in it. So I had to prime and block it all down before uh-huh. I could spray it. And he was like, when you're, when you're, when your bumpers painted, let me know the next day, like I ripped the bumper off. <laughs> it was <laughs> the very next day. Like I, was, of a it, just, I got it. It's done. <laughs> yeah, but even then, he, he was like, when I see it in person, and I was like, all right, so. He's like, when I see you, I see you, and you're like, all right, man. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He was always fun to be around, you know, and just always a good time making me laugh. Oh, yeah. A couple things there, I think, that, you know, was cool that, you know, your girl at the time, we'll share some of the photos, you know, seeing the white ombre next to her Tacoma back. I mean, we're talking... Finnegan, you know, truck getting finished days are laid out. You know, we're talking early 2000s, right? Yeah, that was probably 90, 97, 98, 97, maybe. 98, yeah, even, even kind yeah. of earlier. Kind of an, one of the earlier Tacomas, definitely from a female, I would say, uh, laid out. Oh, yeah, dropped. that was, yeah, 90. So her truck was a 97, and it was, it was body drop within that first year. Yep, yep. So. Now kind of on this journey of talking about Paul's ombre, uh, talk to us. I remember in the feature, it talked about uh, a couple things. One, you had, uh, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, it was called Sickens Paint, right? You had the decals on there, but it talked about a guy named Curtis... Curtis Bond. Bond. Curtis Bond. Curtis Bond. Where is Bond? (laughs) But, you know, he talked about he was an instructor at the Sickens Paint School in Pennsylvania. Talk to us about that connection and, like, how, what that ended up, the result of that. So once again, that, that all comes back to Chad. So Chad, Chad's always been at a body shop. So he's always had those connections. And, um, 
So his paint rep ended up giving me all my supplies for free Dude. from Sickens, huge, which was tremendous at the time. And um, so it, it took a long time to even find a painter that, you know, I trusted or, or even he trusted more or less. And uh, so we, um, the school was up in Philly. We, we loaded the truck up. So Ryan Owens he had a, a yellow taco back then. Um, he was a camera guy. Um, he was... did all the cut in. Oh, wow. Okay. So everything was cut in before Curtis was able to paint it. So, you know, it was all laid out um, through the door jams and all that stuff. So he did he did all that stuff. He cut the whole truck in. And, um, you know, we loaded on the trailer and we took it to them. And he was like, all right, well, it was a, supposed to be a long weekend for some reason. So he ends up calling us on Sunday night, like kind of late. He was like, hey, you guys need to come up here and get this because I can't have it here Monday. Really? Yeah, you're, because you're like, it was what? it was being done. Yeah, and it was being done at the second school. So we load back in the dually with the trailer, go back to Philly, and we ended up waiting there pretty much all night for it. And um, they pulled it out of the booth. We loaded it on the truck and, and drove it back home at like 7 o'clock the next morning on a Monday morning. And that's graphics and everything. Yeah, that was so um, the graphics were laid out. It was cleared. And then um, I had a guy come in and do all the pinstriping afterwards. And then the truck was re-cleared again after that. Yeah, multi multi stage process. I don't think a lot of people, re you know, realize that. You know, it's like taking it here. This guy crafting, you know, mastering his craft, and he does this, and you come back. Like it, it's not just like, okay, it's done. You know what I mean? So like, there there is, and I know a lot of the guys out there that are paint body guys. They know that, but like you're talking about crossing state lines, getting this, doing that. I mean, it's a lot of work, man, on these trucks. Oh, it was it was a tremendous because Curtis. He, he did all the airbrushing, too, that was on the truck. Um, and then once that was done, it was cleared. Then we brought it back to to Chad's shop and Steven with the... Um, green card? The, the four-door Nissan. Yeah, he needs to yep, give me that Nissan. Come on, Steven. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so they all they worked at West Bend, and um, the truck went back there. Actually, it went to my, my house, and then it went back to West Bend. Um, this guy, Cobby... He's like an old 50s guy. He came and he pinstriped that thing for like 15 hours straight. He didn't take breaks. No, it was like crazy. Yeah, so... But yeah, he, he pinstriped it and then it got re-cleared. Yeah, I meant to give a huge shout out to Pat Maxwell. We want to eventually have him on. I know Radar's got that good connection. I want to say I've seen your rendering. I don't remember if it was one that ran in street trucks maybe. It seems like I've seen it over the years, but if not, maybe you can shoot a photo of it to us um, if you still have it or if you have a oh, photo have of it. it. Yeah, that would be cool because we'd like to share that. So shoot, shout out to Pat Maxwell. What was like when – so, you know, you, you had the rendering, right, and, you know, you're, you're over in Philly. And when you see, like, when it comes out of the paint booth, even though maybe it needed more clear, maybe it needs some pinstriping – like, were you, like, super excited? Like, what was the feeling seeing this, like, project coming together where you're just, like, were you just, like, damn? Like, what was the deal? Yeah, well, we were we were all exhausted because we were sleep, but we were just <laughs> yeah. blown away. We were, we were just blown away, and we couldn't, 
contain yourself. We still had a lot to do. Yeah, it you know, it still needed all the glass put back in it and you know, it needed to be pinstriped and all that stuff. But what what came out of that booth was just pure excitement and I yeah. couldn't wait. And I was kinda glad that the internet wasn't there then because when it came out it was such a surprise. You know, it it's like that's awesome. So you, you see a lot of trucks nowadays yeah. and you, you see them before they're actually done. Yep. Yep. And well, especially you know, cause so Instagram, it, it, Facebook, the, 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 Oh know. yeah. The whole social, social media thing is, you know, huge. Yep. Exactly. But you know, but, but it also, that also it's crazy. It's like a double edged sword because I love to see what's coming out, but then, you know, because these guys are so creative, on yes. on what they're doing and that just that helps me with my mindset and yep. it gets you know that creative part like just going and oh yeah seeing what you can do next we're talking to paul davis about his 97 isuzu ombre we're going to take a quick break for podcast identification Hey, hey, as I mentioned, this is a quick break for podcast identification. You're listening to Our Lifestyle Podcast, also known as OLP. We want to thank our title sponsor, Custom Car Show Productions. Their flagship event is every June, typically the last weekend in June, Scraping the Coast in Biloxi. Hit up scrapingthecoast.com for more information. They also have two other events, one in the fourth quarter, the weekend before Thanksgiving. That's Bayou Showdown in Slidell, Louisiana. And then the uh, tail end of March every year in Orange Beach, Alabama, one of the best venues in the country for any car or truck show at the wharf, orangebeachinvasion.com for more information on that one. Back to the episode already in progress. All right. Well, welcome back to the podcast. Had to take a quick break and we're talking with Paul about the ombre. So, you know, obviously, you know, things are starting to come together, right? And, and, And whatnot. And what I wanted to do is kind of quote, um, you know, the great Courtney Hallowell, rest in peace. I won't read the whole thing, but at the beginning of the feature in Street Trucks issue 25, he kind of says, I'll never forget the first time I saw Paul Davis's 97 Isuzu Ombre because it was also the last time that I got a chance to see it for the next four years or so. Uh, It was at Carlisle All Truck Nats, and then it was parked right next to his girlfriend's, uh, at the time, Tina, uh, her body dropped Tacoma. And he kind of talked about how it changed. And then later on, like at Pigeon Forge um, over at Mini Nats, like how it just had this crowd of people constantly around it. And, uh, you know, the hotel and, and no, matter, no, no matter where it went. Talk to us a little bit about like when you debuted it, because I know there were a couple shows like right back to back, but it had to have been a good feeling to see it come together. Yeah, it was, it was just the feedback. Like, I love the truck. Like even from the moment I saw the rendering, I like I was like, man, this if this looks like this rendering when it comes out, it's going to be awesome. But I didn't I didn't know it was going to have the impact that it did. And um, you know, just just the people around it was just made me feel good like man, I did something cool because that honestly when I when I built that, I was like, man, I just want a I just want a small feature in a magazine and you know, that was kind of my goal. I just, I just wanted a small picture in a magazine because I had seen so many guys, you know, that I admired over the years with pictures in there. And, you know, for me, 
that would have been my crown jewel, just like just to have a small picture. Mm-hmm. Kind of icing on the cake, exactly. Oh yeah. What stands out to me is like the silver paint. You know, you don't see a lot of trucks painted that green color. And of course, like in that era, and especially now, super clean, you know, two-tone trucks, but like having the green all over that front end, the silver, and then the graphic, you know, Pat Maxwell, and and then your painter, obviously, you know, they lay this down and it just does like a good separation. And, um, you know, the ombre front end, like you said, there weren't as many of those built. I mean, sure, there's a couple. There's a crew cab one that's been floating around that I I like the red one. There's, you know, Jen Rose obviously cover a truck in, but yours basically um, get shot at Pigeon Forge, keep me honest, 01, right? And then six months later, give or take, it's on October 01, this new magazine, oh, by the way, that had been out. And uh, it was issue 25. I looked back and I did some digging. Uh, I got to get my street trucks more organized like mini truck. And I think it was the third mini truck on the cover. They had the the unibody black S10 shot at Indy Truck Bash. Then they had the silver... S10 uh, extended cab that was kind of a legendary truck. I think the guy ended up pulling the motor, and they never really did anything else with it. Unfortunately, it's a really iconic. Uh, and then you had yours on uh, issue 25. So I think it was the third mini truck on the cover, and that had to just been an unbelievable feeling, dude. Oh, it was so. I was at work, and Courtney called me at work, and he was like, "Hey, man." Um, he was like, I, I have a quick question for you. I was like, <laughs> all right. So I thought, I thought he was asking, going to ask me something about the truck that I didn't write down. And he was like, how's it feel to be on the cover of street trucks? And I was wow. like, like, what do you, what are you, yeah. are you serious? Are, are you, you, are, like you my leg? are you messing with me? Yeah. Are you messing with me? And he was like, no, he was like, it's going to be running soon. And you know, I was like. Dude, I, I just I couldn't I couldn't believe it. Yeah, and and you know he like 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 everybody knows like I guarantee he was in that office going you know damn it Brian damn it Steve you know rest in peace Steve Stillwell like you know this is this is gonna be you know because like they were running a lot of OBS you know Steve had his kind of old school like if you look back at those first twenty five issues I mean what a way to round out the first twenty five you know they had barely been around you know, a year and a half or so, you know, when yours, boom, you know, it lands on the cover. Uh, talk to us, though, because I'd like for the listeners to kind of get a perspective of how the feature went down. You know, like, Courtney, you already knew him. Um, talk to us a little bit about being at Pigeon Forge and, like, you know, did you have to wait long, like the cruising shots, you know, any any memories that you have, that you may have? Yes, so um, Courtney came up and he was like, hey, I want to shoot your truck today. And I was like, great. So, I think we we went up into this back parking lot, and there was probably, I want to say, 12 to 15 trucks back there that he was going to shoot at the time. Mm -hmm. And um, I was the last shoot of the day. (laughs) So I I waited for everybody to shoot their truck, and then, you know, he started shooting. And it it started to get dark at that point, and... um, he was like, man, I don't know if we're going to have enough light to shoot this. And I was like, he was like, if, can you come back tomorrow? And I was like, if you want to shoot this truck, I'll come back every day until it's done. Right, right. Yeah, you and, weren't like uh, sour. You're like, hey, what are, you're the boss. Yeah, whatever it's going to take for you to shoot this, I'll, I'll do it. So there was, um, you know, there was a lot of trucks there. And then he shot it. And um, he was like, hey, um, and why don't you guys sit in this truck? And, you know, I'll take some pictures, too. 
and which at the time I thought was kind of crazy because nobody else was in their trucks, yep, yep. you know, taking pictures. So this is probably going to blow a lot of people's minds, but that rolling shot on there, we were sitting still. Yeah, yeah, I, I was waiting for that because I remember in that era, you know, Photoshop was a thing, but it wasn't, um, it wasn't what it was today, or you know, wasn't what it is today. And you know, my buddy and I, we'd look at some of the truckins, and you'd be like, "Well, man, this is a rolling shop, but you can read the tires, you know, and stuff." But that you can't, dude, you can't even tell. It's that well done. Yeah. So he was like, "We're going to do sit in there, and we'll do a rolling shot." And I was like, "But we're not like." <laughs> Because before he would do a rolling shot and I would see him like hanging out the back of somebody's car, yep, yep. you know, out of their truck while they were doing, you know, a rolling shot. And he was like, look, I will, I will Photoshop the wheel spinning and all that stuff for, for this shoot. And I was like, okay, that's cool. I'll, I trust you on however it's going to come out. And, um, you know, I, I, I got the cover, the, the first issue when it came to my door and, um, I was like, oh, man, that looks really awesome. I really look like I'm moving. Yeah, yeah, you're like, dude, you know, now the secret comes out, which I think is great because, you know, again, it shows that, um, you know, they could have just put a regular photo on the cover, but, you know, it was something different. And, you know, Courtney was always kind of looking to kind of push the boundary, and I think it came out great. Now, one thing that maybe isn't talked about, my buddy um, in the late 90s, he body dropped his blazer. I'm pretty sure he had the KMC Stealths, right? And, right. you know, I know, like, some people, you know, you look back at a wheel and people love it. Some people go, eh, it wasn't my favorite, but, 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 you know, this, that, the other, whatever. To me, like, I look at the silver on that paint. I look at some of the some of the points that come on the graphics and stuff. And I think, honestly, my opinion is that the KMC Stealths, this truck helped, like, the, the Stealths look perfect on it uh, because of the paint and things like that. Um do you remember like picking the wheels or how did that go down? So once again, once I got the rendering, so I sent a, I sent a copy to Courtney and Courtney was like, this is what I'm going to do for you. He gave me Jaime, this guy Jaime at KMC. He gave me his info. He was like, contact him, send him a portfolio and see what he can do for you. So I sent that out to him and, I think within a couple of days I heard back, he was like, no, we'll, we'll ship you these wheels for free. These are what you're going to get. And I was like, perfect. You know, it's, yeah. it's free wheels. I was, man, I was 20 something years old. I was poor back then. Yeah. I was just Money. You know, working, yeah. working just to build this truck. That was my whole entire life. Yep. And, um, yeah, they so I great. got those wheels, but I think also would help those wheels was the, Cool cars made those stainless backing plates. Yeah, I remember seeing that in there. So cool cars had that, and I ordered a set, and I put them on. I wasn't sure, but I also I think that takes away from seeing like through the wheel and and all that stuff. But no, I I loved them. I you know all my guys down here they all joke me forever because of you know the way the center cop. Yep. The center cap comes out yeah, to a yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. So they all call me Big Top because it was like a circus tent. So that's why Courtney put that on there. The Big Top. You know, Big Top. Yeah, Paul Davis rolls his ombre out of the shop and into the Big Top. Kind of a nice, you know, kind of sub uh, subtitle there. 
yeah, I think it really came out good. And again, you know, even though some people might look back and go, yeah, the backing things, you know, they weren't my favorite thing. Like, it's just weird how this, on this truck, it just all flowed. You know, you had the paint, the green, the silver, good contrast, boom, these wheels. And in that era, and I think it still happens today, don't get me wrong, but, you know, in that era, 18s and 20s were perfect. You know, I even, I would even argue with someone and say, you know, 18s and 20s are the perfect combo for many, many trucks. Now, I know most would go, well, yeah, you can throw a 20 on the front, easy, this and that. But to me, it just gives you a little bit more meat on the tires, and I think, like, how it all came together uh, was just, you know, perfect, dude. And, you know, back then, the crazy thing was, like, nobody had 20s on the front of their S10s Right, right. Yeah, you're right. Because they couldn't get them because nobody was making the... So there was a couple guys trying to attempt it by cutting the control arms and raising them up and all that stuff. But they were having huge issues with ball joints breaking and stuff like that. So... And there was a Blazer that had 20s on the front of it, but it wasn't drivable back then. Yep, yep. So that was the other issue. That's why it it got 18s and 20s, because I still want it to be drivable. But, you know, like Suicide... So, yeah, so, like, um, Suicide Doors, were they making, like, a kit or something around that time? Well, no, they, they didn't... That didn't come out for probably a year or two, probably a year afterwards, you know, after my truck was built. Oh, I see. Um, so, like, the whole six-link setup that I had in the rear was all, you know, all that stuff was handmade. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I used these, uh, like, a four-link setup that was off of a race car. And, you know, like, the, I had to cut each one, and they actually had Himes joints, you know, for it back then. So, it, it was just, it was different. Nobody was... Nobody made the parts that they make now. Yeah, the struggle was real. A lot of people don't realize, like, now you can call and you can order a chassis, you can order control arms and all that, and it's great, right? I mean, Little Shop and all these places, Jimmy, I know, builds them a lot. But, um, you know, it was a different era. Now, I did want to ask you, though, you know, talking about kind of wrapping up, like, this amazing truck, right? So how long did you keep it, and then what ended up happening to it? So, um, let's see. I kept it for a couple years, and then... Right about that time that the, the magazine came, you know, I had my first son at that point. Yep, yep. So that kind of, the truck, I was like the first one out of the group that had kids. So that kind of got put on the back burner because now I had responsibilities in my life. And um, so I, I kept the truck for probably another, I don't know, five or six years. It just sat in the garage. And uh, my buddy Paco, he bought it. Did. So within probably within a week or so after he bought it, he was like, man, I really want to suicide the doors. So I went over, I went over to his house. I suicided the doors for him. And I thought that he was just going to just suicide the doors and have the paint fixed and all that stuff. But he ended up redoing the whole truck. It's, it's right hand drive. Now it has some twin turbo V8 in it. It's just, it's not the same truck. Yeah, so like 01, it runs on the cover. Let's say you keep it five, six years. You know, talking 06, 07-ish, it sells. And then, you know, that's like, you know, 15 years ago now. It's basically been, my understanding, in that same kind of spot. Really hasn't come back out. It, it could be put back together, right? But it's going to take some, some time and money. Yeah, it would definitely take some time. Time and money. Um, 
you know, okay. to get it back to where it was. Yep. You know, he, he, he had good plans. I just thought that he was just going to probably update the interior, maybe change the wheels, do a couple things for, you know, to make it his and, you know, keep the same paint scheme. But, you know, it, it didn't work out like that. Yeah. So, you know, when I first talked to him and him buying it, that was my understanding. And like, he was going to change a couple things and keep it pretty much the same because of what it was. Oh yeah. And, um, no, it's totally different. Here's a couple questions real quick that we got or comments, uh, in the airhead nation Facebook group, Craig Raleigh, of course, from battle and Bama says, is it for sale? LOL. Cause we all know Craig's always looking for mini trucks. Oh um, yeah. Always. I guess it could be, but, uh, it's not, you know, he may probably already know it's not in the same state that it was, but it sounds like it could be. <laughs> uh, Eric Fulber, you know, we always uh, joke back and forth. You know, Randy and I, I'm good friends with Randy here in Florida. Uh, we, you know, we call them toppers from where we're from. So we want to know the official <laughs> ruling. Is it a topper, a cap, a camper shell, a canopy? I even threw in safari top. I mean, what do you call it? <laughs> oh, we, we call them tops up here. Right, there you so, go, see? See, yeah. topper, man. There you go, right? No, 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 a cap. Cap, cap, okay, see? We call see? them caps. <laughs> you call them toppers. Right, we call right. them caps. Yeah, I, I mess with Randy I, every time I, I talk to him. I tried to do about, the old, like, you know, Bugs Bunny, you know, where I say it wrong, and then, you know, try to get yeah, you. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, no, no, it's, it's, a, it's a cap. Yeah, there you so, go. Chad commented, uh, Matt commented, uh, Bobby Moore says, what's it like oh, yeah. to be so uh, boyishly handsome? <laughs> uh, uh, Brian Looney, such a badass truck. Uh, Jeff Kissick, who's a big supporter of the podcast, says, I had pics and video of it at Nopi Mini Truck and Nats, or Nopi Mini Truck and Nationals in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, 2000, 2001-ish, you know, obviously, you know, in that era. But it's got to be a good feeling, though, to think that, you know, one of the first few trucks on the cover of Street Trucks, Courtney shoots it. Something different, rolling shot, you know, not, you know, it's got mods on it that not everybody had in that era. And I think back and say, you know, it is a very iconic mini truck. Um, you know, it maybe didn't have a 20 year run, uh, but not all trucks do. You know, there's some trucks that went to a couple shows and then they were totaled, you know, and I think right. that that adds to the the mystique of it. You know, it's, it's a truck that, you know, I, I've been wanting to have you on and I'm glad we got a chance to talk because I want people to know like, Hey, when you put the flag in the ground and see Maryland up there, you know, Paul, you were holding the town with this build. And I know a lot of people helped you. Was there anybody else that you maybe? And, and again, I know you, you can't always think of everybody, but is there anyone else that you maybe didn't mention that you want to just throw some kudos to? Um, you know, just all the, the NC guys that are, that are up here. Um, you know, Chad, Fred, Eric, uh, Clint, Brian, you know, they were all Brian Owens. They, they were all a huge part of this build. Um, this guy, Kermit Crosby, um, I work with him. Um, we actually body dropped a truck. Um, he was an old street ride guy. He showed me how to, yeah, he, um, he really helped me with, with, you know, body dropping stuff. So, wow. In the evenings, I would go work at his at his shop. We body dropped the truck there. He showed me like all, all the things that I you know wanted to learn. He was there, you know, how to set up suspensions and and all that stuff. So he was a huge he was a huge part of my life, um, just as you know a mentor and, and being able to teach me things. Yeah, tip of the cap to you again because I. You know, there's a lot of things like I was hanging around my buddy Matt Torgerson. Shout out to Matt. He's a listener and he body dropped my truck originally and I drove it everywhere 
love that dude and you know but i i couldn't do any of the stuff you know like i got this mazda now i kind of want to toy around and do a couple things no i'm not going to get crazy with it but you know it's it's just one of those things that like you know like you said you've been around the industry uh you know with paint and body you know you know a lot of guys you know a lot of stuff but to be able to say hey you know i, I body dropped some stuff i did this I, oh yeah i sold the truck i went and helped the guy uh, suicide at the doors and things like that. It's it's a testament to your commitment to you know your trade, your craft, but also kind of the scene in general. Yeah, and I I, I love it. If there's any guys that you know are around here that need help or want to do something, I'm I, I want to be there. Yep, yep. Um, just just to be able to to help them out, and hopefully, I, I wish some more younger guys would would get into the scene because I would love to teach some of these younger guys some things. Yep. yep. And I think just so, just so it grows. Yeah. And I think, um, recently we had shared, there was an NC guy you probably remember in the early two thousands. He, um, or late nineties, he, his name was Derek out in, I think California with those last name with a V and, uh, Jeff Davey had told me he had passed away, but he had built that blue Mazda. Remember the whole thing was shaved and, um, oh yes. The part of the feature was like this low buck buildup, right? That Courtney kind of dubbed it. And it was like a fifty five hundred dollar build. And I remember back in the day going, "Man, how could you build something for that price to be on the cover, right?" But like you've kind of proved through this, and you know, you talk about getting younger guys involved. It doesn't, you know, nowadays a lot of people think, "Well, you know, I gotta build the full frame. I gotta do this. I gotta do that." Dude, do some traditional body drops. Do a tilt bed. You know. Uh, shoot it in one color, two tone, it, whatever. Like, there's so many guys that are talented, like you and Eric, and and just different people. And and we've, you know, the the mass public hasn't seen it with Randy's truck, you know. But it's it's taken a village, right, of of craftsmen and good people to kind of get this thing back on track and go. Let's finish it. But I think if if we go back to the beginning of the conversation, we say, hey, you know, let's motivate each other. Let's have a shop night, maybe once a month. Let's see who in there our crew maybe needs help that will help get more trucks out there, you know? And I, I just think it's a win-win for everyone. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, like, some of these builds, they, they do cost a lot of money because people are, you know, sending these out and getting yep. full chassis built and stuff like that. And you, you, if you get a, a core group of guys that have a little bit of knowledge, there's it's endless, the possibilities, you know? It's just take your time and learn something and, and go from there and yep. you'll, you'll be amazed at what, what you can do and you know, where, where it can take you. Exactly. And uh, I want to give a huge shout out to Scott Bunselmeyer, like Scott die cast customs by Scott, you know, he's got his awesome Mazda, you know, and he does a lot of stuff himself. And I look at this truck at shows and I go, man, it's a full blown show truck, you know, constantly changing a body drop and a tilt bed and stuff. And it's like, Sometimes I think like I wish I would have learned how to do some stuff because I just don't feel like I have the the know how to do it. But you know I'm a type of guy that says, "Hey, let's blow this apart." You know I love to help wire some stuff, and I think what it just it kind of shows is that maybe we don't all have the same talent. But you know if we can motivate one each uh, uh, one another, you know it's a win win. So um, it's been it's oh been, well it you know. It's a good thing. It's never too late to, to learn something new. So exactly, you yeah. Know, I appreciate go, go pick word. up a go go grab a welder and learn how to weld, and then you know it's just that's that's all it for us. That's what happened. Yeah, you know, we had access to a welder, we had grinders, and you know we 
we knew what was safe and what wasn't safe. And, you know, you just learned the geometry of, you know, setting up a four link and stuff like that. And, you know, then it's, it's endless. Oh yeah. So, um, I guess, I guess my last question for you, like from, um, from a truck standpoint, before I ask if you want to give any shout outs to your fam or whatnot, but like what's kind of next, right? So like, you know, a lot of us, we see the minis are on the rise and stuff like, you know, you kind of hinted earlier, like you kind of get the itch sometimes, but you're busy helping others like Randy and other mini truckers in your crew up there. Um, maybe what's next for Paul Davis in terms of on the horizon? Well, currently I'm, I'm building up. It's a 90, 99 OBS Suburban. Hell yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's getting there. I built a, it's three quarter frame firewall back. Um, it's, you know, it'll be a stock floor. Um, I've always wanted one. Um, I think Jake from Michigan, he had a blue one with, um, with those flames of the green flames. That was, he's always been my inspiration yes. for suburban. He had yeah. these rear suicide doors. Um, he, and he drove that thing. Yep. He drove that truck everywhere. So that's where I'm at with this one. This one's going to be nice. Um, is it going to be the same show quality as the other one? Probably not because I'm, I want to build this to drive. I mean, it'll be nice. Don't get me wrong. But I, I don't want to have to worry about, you know, somebody rearing to me for taillights or something yeah. crazy. Um, you know, it, it's 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 going to be a super clean driver and, um, and that's it. I want to be able to hop in that thing. And it, you know, if I want to drive it to Florida, I know it's going to make it, it's going to be, you know, just one of those, those things. Yeah. And I think now the way the mini truck scene is, you know, you can have patina, you can have static, you can have this, you can, you know, it doesn't have to be full blown everything with every mod under the sun, like a clean driver that's laid out. That's some nice wheels is just as cool to me as something that, you know, takes five hours to display. You know, I almost enjoy my buddy Paul and I always say we almost enjoy the driver stuff more because it's just, you know, you get a chance to see it. You're seeing it in the real world, you know, and again, as we get older, I'll speak for myself. Do I like the full blown show stuff? Yeah, I do. But it's not where my mentality is at this point. You know, I want to drive. I want to have a good time, throw the homies or the fam in and roll. Yeah, and and that that's the um, that's the part of this. I wanna, you know, my kids are older now, so I'm gonna be able to, you know, they're like they'll be at Maggie Valley with me, and you know, I can throw them all in the, the bourbon and just go. So you know that I, I want to introduce them to this this whole lifestyle, and you know, hopefully they get the itch to do something cool, and uh, you know, maybe build something with me, and uh, you know, I can be a part of it. Yeah, for but, sure. A um, couple more comments came in, so I want to give these guys shout-outs. Brian, H-O-L-T-H-A-U-S, Holtus. He says, still love the truck. Uh, Jake Bapisteller says, wasn't it being worked on and painted brown? And, you know, I think we clarified that. It's still kind of in the condition that it was. Uh, Kenny Glass, always loved that truck. Got to see it at World of Wheels in Baltimore, Maryland. It even, oh, yeah, yeah. even cool seeing it cruising out of the city on the way home Saturday or Sunday evening, leaving the show, uh, which was cool. Eric um, Easter Bay or Esther Bay says, ask him about the 18 build he's working on, which I think is that is that what you're talking about, the burb? Yeah. Yeah, so that's good. Yeah. And then Johnny Arbogast, Arbogast says uh, – Arbogast. Arbogast, thank you. Paco 
Dewart, any plans? Are you to let it go? Oh, okay, he tagged him. Truck still has a lot of potential, so kind of, uh, kind of trying to, you know, uh, rally. It looks like Paco there, which is cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah so good. Yeah, stuff. Paco had great, great intentions with the truck. It just, you know, he just never finished it. Yep, um, and it happened. You know, you know we're sometimes it, no, too, absolutely. Yeah, we're too ambitious, or life gets in the way. So yeah, I mean, you know. Well, and you know, I I totally respect it because you know he has a family, he has kids, he has you know a business that he runs and stuff like that. So I understand. I, I know where it's at. It it happened to me. You know, I caught a lot of slack from people when I sold that truck, and um, but it it just it wasn't in the cards in my life at that point in time. You know, there was other responsibilities that was you know happening that. I needed to, you know, I had a family at a, you know, relatively young age. So that was, that was my priority. And, you know, they're one's in college, one's about to go to college. So now I get to do this again. Yep. Yeah. And I respect that. I respect that approach, you know, no disrespect to anybody, but I respect that approach way more than somebody, you know, we've been around a long time and it's no slight against some of these guys, but you know, some of these guys that are, like, oh, I'm going to trade this to get this, and I got this, and I'll be at the show maybe, and then they don't go. It's like, dude, I, I t- I, I've told some of my close friends before. I said, look, man, dude, take a break. Sit back. You know, your, your daughter's having surgery and stuff. Like, mini trucks, we all love them. But, dude, for God's sake, dude, if your house is, you know, in shambles or, you know, your family's having surgery and stuff or you got new kids or whatever, you got to put food on the table – Let's be honest, man. I'll be the first to say it. That's most important, right? So, I mean, again, I give you all the credit there. Yeah, it just, you know, it now, like I said, now is my time to be able to do it again. You know, I, I fulfilled my responsibility so far for that aspect of my life. And, you know, there's there's a there's a ton of guys that are they're coming back because their kids are grown. They're they're able to to have the freedom to be able to go do this again. And they, they like myself, I never lost the passion. It was just, it wasn't in the cards yep. at the time. Priorities, right? The big. Oh, absolutely. The P word that matters, right? <laughs> One of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Oh, dude, it's been such a pleasure talking about all kinds of cool stuff, but dude, I want to give you a shout. I want to give you a moment to, if you want to give out, you know, give a shout to your fam. I know you probably had a lot of the homies, many of them you mentioned, but some of your family is, is stuck by you to help you to kind of get where you're at. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, you know, just the whole Maryland NC family, you know, um, Chad, Fred, Eric, uh, Steven, uh, Ryan, Clint, um, Matt, um, all those guys, all those guys that have helped me along the way, you know, that truck wouldn't have been what it was without them. Um, and you know, it's just the way it is to my girl now, Lauren, she, you know, she encourages me for the suburban, um, she knows it's a passion of mine, you know, and to, to Farah, she, you know, she's going to be able to, to ride in this thing too, and have a good time. And, um, you know, to my sons that, you know, that they're going to enjoy it also. And hopefully I can pass some kind of torch to them and hopefully they they get the itch i love it and shout out to jake mooney like you said earlier you and i are many thoughts alike you know we like the s10s ombres uh i one of his uh his suburban one of my favorite trucks ever i 
had a chance in the late 90s, I guess probably early 2000s to buy it. I think it had went up for sale and I kicked myself for not because I was like, man, I got to do all this to my bourbon. But, uh, you know, he like you said, he drove it everywhere. But, yeah, man, um, you know, for you to, to thank your fam and obviously for them to motivate you and you got the kids, you know, in a good place, you know, that's that's a good place to be in. You know, where many of us are kind of in our 40s now, you know, late 30s, 40s, going into our 50s, you know, a lot of the listeners. And, and it's good to be able to go, hey, you know, I'm going to kick back. Um, the family's in a good spot, but I want to work on some stuff and kind of get back into it. And it sounds like that's that's what's on the agenda. So I, I give you all the credit. Oh, absolutely. And I need to give a shout out to my parents because they they thought I was crazy at the time and how I wasted my money. You know, they all but once they saw the end product, you know, they were they were pretty amazed and they guided me through this whole life crazy world of yep. what it is. And um, you know. Um you know, to my mom and dad, they were they were behind me. You know, throughout this whole thing, as a as a young a young man that was you know highly motivated to build some crazy truck. Yeah, for sure, dude. I love the hustle, and like I said, I I guess in closing, like I got a chance to see the truck at least twice, maybe three times. For I know I took a good bit of photos at Showfest and here in Tampa. Um, but, you know, I, you know, I thank you just for, you know, as a homie, I mean, I don't know you like some of the friends that you have up there, but, you know, I've always looked up to the truck. I thought like it had so many cool things. So like all these years later to get a chance to link up, you know, we exchange messages and text and, you know, we talk about the good old days. Like to me, th- those memories are forever etched in our mind, even though we maybe didn't cross paths, so to speak, uh, directly, but dude, what good times. And there's many more to come. Uh, I'm sure Paul. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Hey, you have a time for, for a quick story since yeah, you, you have mentioned please. Showfest. So <laughs> Showfest, Showfest, that when the when I took the, the truck to Showfest, the day we were leaving, I had all four of my wisdom teeth cut out. Really? Hours before we loaded the truck up to drive 16 hours to Greenville. <laughs> So I, yeah, I, it was, that was an experience all in its own. Um, those guys messed with me the whole time. Um, don't drink from but it, it was, <laughs> oh, it was, man, it was a crazy time. Um, I was able to actually go to the show, but it was miserable. Yeah. Um, just from that aspect of having all my wisdom teeth cut out, but you know, we, we had a good time. I still remember when I got mine out and I was like, I woke up and I was like, I don't know what you gave me, but man, that stuff had me knocked out. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Try getting in a truck and driving for sixteen hours. Yeah. You know. So yeah. that was that was a crazy time. Yeah, we started going in two thousand, and you know, this is no slide against the people I know. Um, I think it's up in is it in Missouri right now? They're dealing with the the brown water. Yes. And this is no slide against them because I know they're dealing with just some hellacious shit. When we went in two thousand, you know, I took a shower and I thought I was pig pen. From the damn Charlie oh, yeah. Brown cartoons, I said, what the <laughs> yeah. hell was I getting into? Yeah. And then I found yeah. out, you know, we went to the local pizza hut, and they go, don't drink the water. And I was like, what the hell are we like in a third world country? <laughs> but, man, it was – a lot of people were calling it, um, you know, a certain watercolor, you know, the brown color of the water. Yeah. And it just was a – it's a crazy place. But you would have thought that scared all the mini truckers away. Next year we show up, there's more body drops, there's more – and I remember it might have been like – 2001 2002 we wake up the next morning super early 
And uh, there's like all these fishing boats behind the little John boats behind you know, these cars and trucks and stuff. And I said, you know, how crazy would it be that you stroll in town for some fishing tournament and you see this town like, you know, we're climbing on big rigs and people are dragging and neons and everything. I mean, people must have thought, what the fuck is this like Woodstock 2002, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but we have a lot of good memories from it. But uh, yeah, it's that's crazy, dude. You went with uh, the wisdom people. Yeah, it was it was good times. Yep. Well, dude, Paul, let's keep in touch. Uh, if you got any photos, you know, we always will share them, and uh, we love the behind the scenes stuff and whatnot. But yeah, like I said, tip of the cap, dude. NC, all that whole area. Shout out to Randy from Florida, Tim. Uh, you know they've been saying, hey, get this guy on, get this guy on, and uh, we made it happen. So you know, keep doing what you do, homie, and uh, we'll look I up again it. soon. Absolutely. Thank you. All right, everyone. Listen, we're going to hit you guys next week. Hopefully, Lord willing, with another episode. Stay on the rise. And uh, hopefully, you guys appreciated it. Leave a comment. Uh, if you're on Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating if you can. And make sure you subscribe. More to come. We out to you.